All right, guys, welcome back to the Run It Back podcast. I am your host. Alongside with me, as always, is Wes. How are you doing today, Wes? Hi, Joy. Hi, Run It Back Nation. Quick uh, little change in our setup yeah. this week, but Absolutely. I don't find it a problem. As a matter of fact, I think it'll make us a lot faster. We're going to find some time on the corners now, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So, pretty much we have decided to move the podcast to uh, Sundays. Uh, that way, you know, we're the, fr- the, the race is going to be fresh off the memory. And also, we host another podcast called the No Decision Podcast. Check it out. But Saturdays are usually the days that um, fights happen. And so, you know, we just watched the Caleb Plant fight. And so, you know, it's fresh off the mind. And, like, yeah, it's a little bit more exciting to talk about it, you know, right away. So, uh, yeah, uh, let's get into it, Wes. Um, The hot laps for this week, uh, not many. So it's going to be a little bit of a short show uh, tonight. Um, But uh, the two biggest news coming up is uh, McLaren. They fired up the new Mercedes engine, Wes. Um, So if you guys don't know, McLaren uh, is, you know, kind of rising from the ashes. And uh, with that, you know, they used a Renault engine, right? And so this is the first time um, that they're going to switch to Mercedes again. Uh, Wes, it's been eight or eight years right so it's been eight years since mclaren has ever used another mercedes engine so now they're going to be mclaren mercedes again this partnership has always been very fruitful so what are your reactions wes oh i mean it's a engine unit back within its rightful chassis Mm. right uh when it comes to mclaren one of the terms that people bring up is mclaren mercedes all right with the white and red and then soon the silver and red cars with Mika and Raikkonen and Lewis, Button, Coulthard, all those historic drivers. And that was a very, a very productive time in McLaren's um, participation in the yeah. championship. And I feel like additionally, the change back to Mercedes engines came at a time where both are trending upward, right? right? Mm. So McLaren was third in the championship for 2020, Mm. and Mercedes is the cream of the crop when it comes to power units in Formula One today, and looks like that for the foreseeable future, unless Honda or Ferrari can do something amazing and move mountains somehow. But this is a partnership that was always supposed to be in Formula One, at least in modern times. Mm. And to see it back, I can already see it paying dividends for McLaren. Yeah. We haven't even started the 2021 season yet. Yeah, absolutely. And and that, it's great that you pointed out, right? Like um, this Mercedes, uh, McLaren-Mercedes partnership has also... You know, they, they also went into production with some of the, the McLaren F1 car. So, like, the, the, you know, the supercar that they produced in the 1990s, powered by an AMG Mercedes. And even um, Mercedes gave, you know, produced a car that was called the Mercedes McLaren. So, like... Some it, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful looking car. Beautiful, beautiful. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, like, but it's a totally different regime, right? 
this McLaren is a totally different team from when Mercedes left it, right? Ron Dennis was that guy that was everything has to be perfect, everything has to be precise. There's there's a policy in McLaren, you know, clear desks, nothing should be on the desks. And now it's more like this is a team that embraced a change of culture, right? They're they're more fun. Uh, I think a lot of drivers want to drive for McLaren because it is a fun atmosphere. And they also start to hold each other accountable for their mistakes. It's not, um, you know, it's more of a, it's we win and lose as a team um, now. And with that Mercedes engine, uh, I think I said this before, right? Zach Brown said that uh, the reason why they chose Mercedes is because they don't want to hide anymore, right? If the Mercedes engine is the best in the grid and they can't, score podiums then that means there's something wrong with mclaren team not the mercedes engine so uh yeah i think i mean we already said you know we're we're super excited for this mclaren mercedes partnership to to return uh but yeah i was just so excited um quick note though uh because they are coming from a renault engine uh, the chassis had to be changed dramatically to just kind of fit the Mercedes engine more. And, you know, it's really up to James Key, the, the technical director for McLaren, to see if he wants to have a very tight-knit package in the engine or he likes to give a little bit more space for the engine uh, that generally causes less breakdowns. Um, but, yeah, uh, hopefully... You are right, Wes, that this also becomes an upward trend for, you know, this partnership. Yeah, like I said, I feel like it's already paying dividends and we haven't even started the season. When you saw the video, when I saw the video, I'm sure when everyone that follows McLaren F1 team all around the world saw that video, nothing but smiles on their faces. <laughs> Zach Brown to the, yeah. the crew to... Everybody that was there to watch the engine and supervise it as it was firing up and running, yeah. as they were doing some stress tests to it, everyone seemed impressed as if this was going to be the solution to all their problems. And it might as well could be. Exactly. Yeah. Not, it's not to say that Renault sucked for them. That's, that's far from the truth. Right. Absolutely. But what McLaren is trying to tell us is that they want to get back to the top and they want to do it now exactly yeah it, yeah you hit it right on the head Wes. um but i will add though um i say this all the time especially when there's uh speculation mm -hmm. we don't know until we race we don't know until we race absolutely absolutely and so uh yeah uh is there any more thoughts that, uh for mclaren mercedes partnership to begin for the formula one season I want to see that livery, and I want to see it go around the test track. Okay, decent, decent. You you feel that uh, there should be a hint of silver in there, right? I would like it to be. Okay. I'm not going to be upset if it's not. Yeah, yeah I understand absolutely. that uh, Mercedes Works has to go back to that silver, too, unless they decide to go uh, black for two seasons in a row. I, I believe and... they did. Uh, I, I believe that was a, a story that was coming out, but it might just be still rumors. So, yeah, we'll, we will see. Uh, but yeah, so uh, the second biggest news for this week is that Carlos signs his first running at Fiorano. And 
yeah so like this is the first time we've we got to see um carlos signs in a ferrari car he was driving around the ferrari car uh, now of course it's the 2018 ferrari car so you know it's definitely not the f1 cars that um that we are accustomed to today uh, but i remember that ferrari car had trouble with like blistering tires but they were using the 2020 tire um allocations but uh yeah Wes, uh, how do you feel about Carlos Sainz's first running at Fiorano? Well, it's like watching any athlete participate in a team that is not the team that you're used to seeing, yeah, yeah. right? So in our side of the pond, it was like watching Tom Brady play as a member of yeah. uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in the NFL or uh, far say, in, a, in a Vikings jersey. <laughs> sure. I mean, also to make it uh, more inclusive for our audience, like think about it as like Kevin Durant on the Golden State Warriors, right. or perhaps uh, Cristiano Ronaldo in Juventus, yeah, or yeah. Neymar in Paris Saint Germain, absolutely, or even I don't know uh, Timo could... Salami ice hockey <laughs> playing from uh, from uh, the last parts of his career with the Anaheim Ducks. You're just like, what in the world is going on here? <laughs> but but they're playing and they're. Uh, playing at a high level still yeah. and the same is being said for Carlos Sainz right we're so used to him in the black and yellow or the dark blue of uh, Red Bull and Renault and Red Bull respectively right. uh, and then the last few years it was the papaya of McLaren mm. and now we see him in Ferrari red yeah like, he's he's uh, a well-traveled man used to. absolutely a, yeah and it's also interesting seeing such a high number 55 on a Ferrari car, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, it's gonna take some getting used to. But at the same time, yeah. he already looks poised to help Ferrari get back to where they need to be. Yeah, he already looks the part. And uh, it, funny, like you say that, like because he actually is a little bit different from like the Ferrari drivers because. Um, they allowed some fans at Fiorano to watch Carlos Sainz's uh, first running, uh, just the testing. And um, Carlos actually saw these group of fans. Um, I don't know. I'm not really familiar with the Fiorano uh, track layout. But after the test, he actually came in in a fire truck and greeted the fans. To uh, And so, like, and the fans stated that, like, that was something different that no other Ferrari driver would have done right like he he actually went and acknowledged the fans very close and like he he wanted to take pictures with them and you know carlos Sainz is always uh he's this guy that likes to be you know he's very in touch with his fans uh and you know he appreciates them and so yeah like i i, I think that was that was quite different um but yeah is this like a culture change to ferrari would you say I can't say that for sure. Yeah, I, I feel that that was just Carlos being Carlos, and Ferrari would be in no position to say no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, absolutely. Because it's not like he wasn't causing any harm or yeah, anything yeah. that would be detrimental to the team. And of course, if Ferrari, for whatever reason, were to be very 
distant from the Tifosi, then obviously that would be a sign of an out of touch yeah. organization. But it clearly isn't. It clear, yeah. So no, I I don't know. I don't I don't want to say for sure that it's a culture change, yeah. but it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And obviously like this this type of culture he brought with him from McLaren. And so yeah, you know, like the two biggest rivals in Formula One, McLaren and Ferrari, always, you know, always sharing the headlines at times. Not not as much as McLaren or Ferrari nowadays, but still, it, it still has that effect. But uh, yeah, uh, let's get to the honorable mention today, Wes. Uh, Sebastian Vettel actually was seen uh, in Silverstone, right? In Silverstone in... Uh, the headquarters for Aston Martin Racing Team, and he was seat fitting, right? So he was trying to he was uh, fitting for like his seat for Formula One for this upcoming season, and uh, a lot of fans were surprised to see that Vettel has lost a little bit of uh, his head um, over the transition. Um, any uh, any reactions, Wes? Any thoughts? Oh, well, to give the fans better context, no, Sebastian Vettel did not lose a part of his head. <laughs> it seems as if uh, his hairline has changed a little bit to where it looks like his thick head of hair is nowhere to be found. Mm. Uh, so he, let's just say he has a buzz cut, but with a very short top. Right. Um, and of course, those, the photos have already circulated. And yeah. so it's, 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 not a, it's not a surprise anymore. Yeah. But... It makes me wonder uh, how often Sebastian changes his hair and what his motive is, is into going certain <laughs> hairstyles. So, of course, you know, back in 2018, he had the straight cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, What was supposed to be a fade, but that was not a fade. There was no fade on it. There was just a cut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you know, in... 2019 2020 his uh hair looked more normal yeah rather uh, not the long and wavy that uh, he had when he was at red bull but red more bull. of a mature professional yeah. man and then yeah. all of a sudden he has the receding hairline hairline at aston martin uh and that wasn't the only thing that was receding it was kind of weird seeing his helmet without all the stickers on it too yeah yeah, yeah. But, absolutely uh, and yeah and uh what, what's strange is that um, a lot of people, you know, of course, said, like, well, you know, this is this is just natural, right? He has male bald pattern. I think they, that's what they call it. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I'm going to have it, too. Uh, but, like, the, the surprising thing is that, like, when they bring up his age, right, he's only 33. And so that's I think that's what surprised people the most, right? He's younger than sure. Lewis Hamilton, yet he's... And then, you know, all the memes pop up, like, oh, this is what happened when, you this know, you drive for Ferrari. Exactly, <laughs> yes. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. A, a part of me feels, like, joy that uh, he cuts his own hair in some way, shape, or form. And it, this rendition went completely wrong. Completely and he wrong. His best to, I mean... He was trying his best to kind of play it off. I mean, of course, I, I don't know for sure. This, yeah, is, yeah. Just a, this is just a allegation yeah. that i have but i don't know it, it was it's quite viral i will say <laughs> absolutely metal's new haircut uh, i mean seb bald is beautiful you know so it, you might as well just go for it and there's no 
there's, I don't know. I don't know. This isn't me, but like, there's no point in keeping the sides. So, well, or he could just, what he could do, if you say bald is beautiful, Joy, um, and I wonder if the fans will agree, uh, watch all the episodes of The Last Dance, uh, be bald, be mad at Ferrari, take it personally, and mm. then beat them. Right. There you go. You don't have, you don't have to beat Lewis per se. Per se. Right. You could actually wink. You can wink, actually... wink, hit, hit, nudge, nudge. Just get on the podium and be ahead of Ferrari. Right, exactly. There you go. You could even call Hamilton for a little bit of advice about hair keeping. But, um... <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it seems like it's too far gone, but, uh... We're over that, but, uh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. So, moving on. Uh, so, uh, Wes, I was... You know, I love to listen to, to podcasts. I don't necessarily listen to podcasts, you know, regarding Formula One or, like, boxing or anything that we cover um, that's sports. I usually like to um, listen to a podcast that's for, like, movies because I do love movies and theater. Um, but uh, in one of the podcasts that uh, I listened to, uh, there was this question that uh, wh what is the next? What is... You know, it, it was regarding cancel culture. And they said that, uh, what is the next thing? They asked uh, one of the guys in the podcast saying, what is the next thing to be canceled? And he brought up a very interesting question. I mean, a, a very interesting answer. And he said that petrol-powered cars are going to be the next to be canceled. Or like companies that, you know, produce uh, petrol-powered cars. What is your thoughts, Wes? I'm, I'm dying to, to know. First off, what the hell? What continent are you in? We don't say <laughs> petrol here, man. We say gasoline. Gasoline. We get gasoline. So, so, okay, for all my European listeners, okay, fine. We can accept petrol. Petrol. Or, or you know, Petroleum. In the uh, uh, Philippines, gasolina is fine. But nah, man, for me, for me to hear Jared... And where we live, say petrol, man, nah. I think I think it was just a. I think it was just the the Top Gear in me when they, you know, they they love you saying petrol. So you you and your you and your brother, I think, have a little literal VPN on you because one time one of you texted me the word tire in tyre spelling. Man, you know, I'm a well-traveled guy, so horse crap. In the Philippines, don't spell tires like that. <laughs> and uh anyway <laughs> go ahead any or or in america for that matter right. we, we smell it t-i-r-e but okay so i don't prolong this podcast uh for no reason uh for with irrelevant fillers but um to answer your question joy uh there i would i would say yes and no yeah so yeah. i would agree with that guy but with some reservations mm. or person i should say All right um, I don't know if you me uh, mentioned if that was a guy or a girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he, he was a, yes, he was a guest. That okay, well, then, yeah, then he, then I would, I would agree with him with some reservations. So, right. um, I would say with family cars and commercial vehicles, I could see it being more electric or some kind of green energy, right? right? Mm. But... For the sake of our podcast for um, racing, I cannot see, for example, Formula One. Yeah. Uh, I could see them taking on an alternative fuel source that would be 
better for the environment than traditional yeah. gasoline. Yeah. But I can't, I can't see them, you know, trying to be like Formula E plus or something like that, <laughs> yeah. right? But I can see the electric movement or yeah. um, green movement in cars for passenger and commercial vehicles. Uh, and you know, I myself would love to have a hybrid car one day in my personal yeah. garage. Yeah. Uh, but of course, uh, right now, because uh, there hasn't been enough uh, enough ownership yet, it, you can't really put the price to where it is quite incentivizing yeah. for buyers. But um, it's possible that gas cars can no longer be around, but only for a certain type of car. That's the yeah. short form of what I'm trying to uh, get at here. Okay. Okay, and uh, I know we've uh, spoken about this before, uh, and you know we we also brought up the the point that um, I also I, I agree to a certain I agree to a certain degree. <laughs> that sounds weird, but uh, yeah, like well, I, I had to bring up some statistics for this one, right, to see if it's even possible to cancel just gas-powered cars, right? Like because when you say cancel, it's pretty much you kind of just boycott them and like you stop using them altogether and the US alone right uses 390 million uh, million gallons per day of gasoline right just that's per day uh, that which is insane uh, that also comes by the US Energy Info Information Administration by the way you could check them out but like you know in hindsight Wes like our cars carry an average of 12 gallons of fuel, right? And you get mileage depending on what type of vehicle you are, what type of engine do you have. And like, we we brought up the, the idea that it's not just going to be a change, a cultural change, if you cancel pet, uh, gasoline, gas-powered cars. You're going to change infrastructure as well. Right, because sure. because you know you're gonna change pretty much these gas stations. They're probably gonna be no longer existing. They're you're probably just gonna have charge stations at like your local grocery store. Um, they they have one some right now, and like yeah, and, and like you know it, it's not easy just to set up these power lines. Now, of course, you could use solar panels to power some of these stations, but you're gonna need a lot of solar power. You're gonna to need to transfer a lot of solar power into reusable energy, which we still don't have the the technology for. We, you know, we don't actually use all. We don't convert all of the the solar energy into reusable power for our cars. But, but yeah, like it, it's it's strange, um, right? Like, I I do think that we are heading to this electric, um, you know, kind of age or regime uh into cars i don't think is as soon as you think right because <laughs> we rely so much on gasoline uh and it is pretty much the point of topic whenever there's you know a politician that's coming up or there's a certain debate in congress or anything like that but but yeah like it, i don't know i don't know wes like uh i i, I don't think they're gonna get canceled per se um but i don't think that gas is the future 
However, I don't think, I do think they're going to stick around for a lot longer than you think. Um, and so, yeah, it, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much just like what I think, right? Like, like there's just still so many things to, to, to work on when you're transitioning from fully elect from gas to fully electric. Uh, and fun fact, Wes, I, I also thought like I researched this and, uh, there is a reason why a lot of mechanics, like local mechanics, Wes, that don't even want to touch electric cars. And uh, part of the reason why is because, you know, they're not probably fully certified to work on electric cars. But uh, fun fact, I didn't even know this, um, but they don't want to touch electric cars because the voltage running through electric cars is like, like, 30 times the uh, voltage you would get from a car battery, which it makes sense, of course. But uh, fun fact, like if there is like a Tesla car or, you know, any of these all electric cars that crash, if you see one that crashes, uh, proceed with caution because the voltage could be running through the car's body. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, electric cars aren't safe, but it's something that we haven't really spoken about right like in terms of safety because if electric cars are going to be uh the future we should let these we should let everyone know that like look like if you're going to try to save someone by opening the door like be careful because 340 volts is <laughs> is not something you could brush off uh and so yeah like it was just fun just like researching this like a lot of things that I didn't even know about um, when it comes to electric cars nowadays. Now, of course, technology is probably going to move on and make it a lot more safer, but still, you know. So, yeah, those are kind of just, yeah, there, there was a lot that I researched. And, like, yeah, it, it was uh, it was very a passionate moment for me. Well, sure. And, you know, I will say, though, I mean, small shops wouldn't work on those anyway because yeah, yeah, yeah. tesla wouldn't let you yeah, yeah just just for the sake of it's uh, like apple just for the sake of example tesla wouldn't let you um same with um if you were to crash the car um i haven't heard any cases of someone or like a rescue team getting hurt right. trying to rescue a driver that was injured uh, driving a tesla right but generally when you total a tesla they make you uh purchase a new one even if it's repairable yeah yeah so, well yeah yeah um mm -hmm. well hold on, yeah. hold on yeah go ahead uh yeah and i mean it, it's it's gonna come a long way i would hope given that um, what every car company and every uh government regime says uh the it's 2021 okay fine you have 29 years to get it right right because everyone wants to be 100% carbon free by 2050. Right. 80% by 2030. So yeah, you have 29 years to get it right. And mm -hmm. I think that's ample time. And that is. Um, for me, as, as we talk today, that issue can go either way. So that's why I say, um, again, I agree with reservations because right. there's a good chance that um, that person could be right. Right, yeah, absolutely. So, Absolutely. But like I said, I just I just can't see it 
in the racing world for the sake of our show mm. but i can see it in our daily lives as you know regular people yeah yeah it's it's good that you brought up racing because uh usually the the engines in in motor racing are a lot more fuel efficient than the cars that we actually drive from day to day now of course like you know the the gas guzzling v8s that you know that are at i think nascar still uses v8s right or v6s but there's there's still pretty much you know they, they eat a lot of gas and but like when you go over to you know of course formula one kind of biased but the formula one cars they're they're the, the engines are a lot smaller but they produce so much power uh and a lot of people don't actually know that but they're they're a lot more efficient than the cars that we're driving so uh, i think that was such a i think that was a cool f you know fun fact but uh yeah i mean everything that we have to do is gonna have to be tied into motor racing because motor racing kind of pushes the technology for whatever car is whatever the next generation of cars are that we use right so yeah, no, I totally agree. And of course, there's a reason why it's, it's more efficient, right? Because they're constantly going fast. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, unlike unlike us driving in the city or the stopping in rural areas, yeah. we necessarily don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. So that's why efficiency is such a premium in that sector of, of cars. But you know, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see the growth of uh, the technology, and you know. With, with renewable energy, it's already starting to take place in <laughs> homes, yeah, right? Absolutely. Homes have solar panels, and actually those people are saving money under energy bills. But yeah, that's a that's a different conversation for a, another day. Um, you know, yeah. we, we don't want to <laughs> – at the end of the day, this is a Formula One podcast. And, of course, that doesn't – for me, that just doesn't apply to Formula One. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much all the show that we have for tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we, like I said, you know, we will be back on Sunday, um, every Sundays from now on. Uh, and we will be sure to let you guys know whenever there's a schedule change. Uh, but yeah, pretty much, you know, this is pretty much the best time, you know, Sundays for us. It's everything's going to be fresh off the mind, fresh off, fresh off the box. So yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, everyone. Keep it on track.